The biggest question for me, there's two. The one is, I think with most programs is accountability because Mm -hmm. obviously we want to see student success. That's the most important thing. I want to see them successfully getting media coverage over and over again. The uh, accountability part. The other thing is uh, I worry I'm I'm delivering too much content in each session that it's overwhelming them because I've gotten that feedback as well. Mm -hmm. It's just overwhelming because this is new to me. So I'm like, I'm just overwhelmed by everything. And I guess psychologically where this comes in is I want to make sure I'm giving the most amount of value as possible in each one of those sessions. And I don't, didn't realize that I'm just doing too much. Creating courses and programs for your brand can be a massive undertaking, which could take years. The guests on your greatest work podcast have poured their heart, their soul, their finances, into creating amazing products for their business with the intention of reaching more people, generating more income, spending less time while generating that income and achieving success in all of its forms. Let's welcome today's guest as we discuss their challenges, joys and ambitions to transform lives with their learning offer. You can't generate passive income with integrity until your offer is truly transformational and you can prove that it gets results for your clients. Clients are done with crummy courses, and we're gonna talk about how to make your greatest work. I'm your host, Manya Horner. Some traits which were formerly a negative in my life, such as attention to detail, out of the box thinking, yearning to do things differently, and dreaming bigger than anyone around me, these used to be my shame, but now they're my greatest asset. Prepare for an intelligent conversation with people who are open for feedback and exercising humility as they continue in this pursuit of lifelong learning. Grab a notebook and capture some strategies that you can implement right away in the next iteration of your course. Hi, Renee. Thank you for being on your greatest work podcast. I'm so thrilled that you are a guest on the show today. You and I have recently met and I'm loving your messaging. And I love that you and I both have similar qualities and values with, we love people who take action. We love building great habits and empowering women in business. And so thank you so much. Um, Could you please introduce yourself and let us know more about what you're doing at We Wild Women? And uh, we'll get right into some kind of hot seat coaching and brainstorming around how we can make your product incredible. So take it from already really, really good to great. And what small tweaks can we do to make that happen? So thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Um, as I said, I'm Renee Warren, founder of We Wilds Women, but that is not the first business that I did. I actually started with running a restaurant when I was 17 years old and did that for about four summers in high school, which was enough to help pay for college and that point, um, did university, traveled back for postgraduate, and then I just started, you know, communications companies. I was always obsessed with marketing, working with some big brands out of Toronto, and then subsequently working with startups from um, all over the world to launching a world-class PR agency that worked with funded technology companies. And of those years in actually working with them, I built this framework. So it's called the PR engine. It's a methodology that helps you 
really harness the full gamut of PR, which is social content marketing and general like traditional PR that I now teach female entrepreneurs how to do it for themselves. And why that's my why is because I believe that we need to have, we need to see more women shining. We need to see more women having a bigger impact. And part of that is unleashing their worthiness and understanding really how to gain that visibility to help achieve credibility and authority in their space through the method that I've created over the past, gosh, nine years now. That is awesome. And PR is, as we know, it's so critical to the success of your business and promotion of your business. I mean, it's a huge piece of that pie, right? In building credibility and establishing authority and getting more people to see you. Um, so it's great that you are, you know, really honing in on that as, as your offer. So tell me a bit more about your program. What does it look like and how are you delivering it? So what are the ways that this is you're, you're delivering your content to people? Is it one-on-one? Do you have a group program or a course? What's that looking like? So the program's called Sidelines to Headlines, where I teach you how to get off the bench mm-hmm. <laughs> and into the headlines. And the way that it works, it's bi-weekly. So it's a almost three-month program and it's delivered bi-weekly. So it's an hour-long training that gets recorded and uploaded into a portal that comes with worksheets and documents and frameworks and spreadsheets to actually be able to do everything yourself. Okay. Um, So instead of questioning what step comes first or what comes next, Mm -hmm. it's all outlined in the very um, visible method of how to start. If you've never done this before, or even if you've tried doing your own PR, how to do it better. Okay. And so then the, the people that says a group program, they have time at the end of each session to ask questions um, it starts out with just reviewing what we covered last week and asking if anyone has any particular questions and then dump, jumping into the training. And then uh, they have access to me over um, email if they want to have any. So and, and the way that my team works, too, is that we provide editing and feedback on things like pitch angles, press releases, okay. boilerplates, media kits, because that's kind of where people get hung up Mm -hmm. is on the assets of which they have to create in order to pitch. Um, And so our team comes in and kind of just is a quick once over approval, thumbs up of the content they've created for them. And that's, that's super helpful, right? Because I find the same in a lot of, with my students and clients, it's like, okay, I created this part. What do you think? Like, is it good enough or have I done it right? So the feedback's helpful for people. I'm glad to hear that you've got that built in. Oh Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and yeah. it's and it's different perspectives too. So there's like my perspective and then there's a copywriter's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, people overthink often what it means to pitch. They overthink and they over-input how much they should be putting into a single mm-hmm. pitch. I've, I go on Twitter all the time and I look at journalists and they're like, hey, this is a good pitch. And sometimes it's just two lines, Yeah, right? Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes it's a structured formal pitch. It really depends. Um, and where people are intimidated by this is they don't know like how to approach the person, what to say, how to follow up. Um, the big thing too, is understanding that PR isn't just like a two week blitz and all of a sudden you're going to get all this media coverage. Like it can take months to finally start seeing results. Mm -hmm. And so we teach also on the fact that to not get discouraged. And and mindset is so huge. Mindset is like the first thing we talk about. Mm -hmm. And then on the cadence of showing up and making PR a habit. Okay. 
Okay. So how are you finding you've, you've had some launches already. You've had some really great success with your students. So that's incredible. And that should help with promoting the upcoming launch this spring, right? Yes. Um, so what are you finding is something that you want to improve for this upcoming launch? Is there anything that you're concerned about as you've been observing your past students or collecting feedback that you think, uh, I want to do that just a little better this time around. Is, is there anything? Cause I'd love to hear it if there's something you've noticed. So one isn't necessarily completion of the program because there's like, it's 99% show up rate to every single call to people. Actually, I know they're doing their quote homework because they're asking for feedback and advice on the stuff that coincides with the content. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest question for me, there's two. The one is, um, I think with most programs is accountability mm-hmm. because obviously we want to see student success. That's the most important thing. I want to see them successfully getting media coverage over and over again. Um, but the other thing too, is so that's the, the uh, accountability part. The other thing is um, I worry I'm, I'm delivering too much content in each session that it's overwhelming them because I've gotten that feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Is, Renee, it's just overwhelming because this is new to me. So I'm like, I'm just overwhelmed by everything. And um, I guess like psychologically where this comes in is I want to make sure I'm giving the most amount of value as possible in each one of those sessions. And I don't didn't yeah. realize that I'm just doing too much. This is like actually one of the most common things that I hear again and again, not only just on this podcast, but with prospects and and clients who I work with and other people that I collaborate with is this idea that we need to pack in a ton of stuff in order for our program mm-hmm. to be valuable. And it's almost the opposite is true. Yes. Um, I think what we want to make sure is that we're getting people a result at the end that they're proud of or that they feel is satisfying. That's where the value comes in. But we need to offer it in such incremental steps and keep things nice and tight to the learning objectives of each week. So there's a couple of ways that you can solve this, Renee. Um, It's take a look at your, your program and all of the weeks that you're facilitating. And make sure that you have clearly written down, this is the one objective I want to achieve in each of these calls. And make sure that learning objective, and you could maybe have a couple, but keep it minimal for each call and be really clear and have that as your like guiding, guiding it thing for your agenda. Make sure that you you say at the end of this call, I want people to Um, you know, and then create a learning objective. So an action verb followed by, you know, something they have to do. So for example, I want people to write a confident, you know, bio or write a confident pitch or write one paragraph of something, or I want people to think that they're worth, worth, you know, pitching themselves. So have like one thing or maybe two guiding each of those conversations and try not to add too much else in. And that may feel like super uncomfortable, but it's really useful for your students. And you can even say right up at the front of the class, like, this is the one thing that I want you all walking away with. So everyone kind of goes, Ooh, okay. I know what I'm supposed to be hearing for. And I know what I'm supposed to achieve. I like that. It's a reframe for me because I do set those, I set that those expectations at the beginning of the session, but I call it an agenda Mm -hmm. and not a learning objective. 
Yep. Or like, so maybe I need to reframe the wording so that even for me, cause it's about like, here's an agenda, we're covering this stuff, mm-hmm. but reframing it to being like, what's the outcome of this session? Is right. Like, totally and then totally if you have an mindset. outcome that you yeah. want to achieve, there's more flexibility in how you achieve that outcome. So rather than like, okay, in minutes one to 10, we're doing this in minutes 10 to 15, we're doing this. If you know what the outcome is, you can let the session flow a bit. You might find, okay, we actually need to take one of our, um, our students right now and we need to bring her into the hot seat and we need to support her here. And we can all learn from her example, or somebody came really prepared and they've got something that we can deconstruct, you know, share a screen and deconstruct what she's done or you know, you can allow the session to flow and create more of a, an emotional experience rather than sticking to this really stringent agenda. That often doesn't always pan out. So I love the idea of just, you know, having something really clear to guide you. And I do have a resource actually, Renee, that I can share with you. It's, um, it's a one pager and I'll, I'll include um, a link in the show notes here, but it's, my tool that I use to help me create learning objectives. It's got a list of action verbs in the bottom and a list of activities in the top. So that might be helpful just as you're um, creating something, because to have a weak learning objective is to say, I want everyone to understand this. Right. I want everyone to know this or believe this. That's not, that's not actionable enough. You can't measure to somebody understand something. So it'd be for for my instance, it'd be like, you will have, written your first pitch and pitched three media contacts. Totally. It will be something measurable, right? So like our outcome at the end of this is that you will have X done. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that you give them enough instructions so they can do it. You might even give them 15 minutes to take a, take a stab at it, try it. And then maybe you have some time where you have people share, you know, the other thing is in these courses, um, is we can try to do less presenting and more, um, time to work on something because a lot of entrepreneurs, and and you mentioned this before, a lot of entrepreneurs are so busy because they're right in the thick of running their business and launching products and trying to, you know, create a, all the parts of their business. So PR feels like, Oh, do I have time to do this? So they have purchased from you because they want to carve out some time to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be a reframe as well. Like how much time yeah. can I give them in that hour where it's silent for 10 minutes and we turn off our camera and we just actually write down something as a group. Yeah. There's nothing wrong no, with and that. That, and that's that adds a, a lot of value because they've already pre like they've already pre-established these chunks of time, right? So they've already committed to this hour and a half together. It yes. doesn't always go an hour and a half, but there's no other calls or meetings booked for them at this time. And so that's right. So even if it's 20 minutes of like, Hey, we're going to craft our first pitch angle and we're going to go through these together and I can show you what's good and what's not. Yeah. That's a huge value. Yeah. Um, it could be like a, a co-working bubble or it could be, um, you know, there's lots of creative little names for that, but I've been part of some really great hour and a half workshops where there's a lot of quiet time, you know, where we're, okay, now we're going to do this. And we go off screen for 10 minutes, we do our thing. And then we come back together and we share, or we get help if we're stuck. Um, and that adds actually more value than if you were just talking to them. So another tip I'll give you Renee is that any chance where you have something that could be 
um, absorbed by somebody listening or reading or watching, that's, that's great to have outside of your hour and a half. So that's a way that you can make the most of that hour and a half so people can get stuff done. Um, make sure they have a pre-reading or a podcast that they can listen to where you're giving them instruction um, so that they know already what you wanted to present and they're coming into your session ready to implement. Interesting. That might yeah. be a game changer to help you with the how much is too much and also the accountability because your audience has a lot on their plate. Oh yeah. Yeah. I preload the worksheets and the content a day or two before. Okay. Um, I just, my, I guess my only hesitation is I don't want it to be readily available where they go through everything and I'm not explaining to them how it kind of all works together, mm-hmm. but they do have that, but I like the resources prior to the session, which I don't mm-hmm. do other mm-hmm. than those things, but yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause giving people pre-work, um, it, it helped, you know, and you're such a great podcaster. So audio learning is, is a fabulous tool doesn't always have to be a filmed video. Um, right. You can so, easily talk over, you know, say, okay, we're referencing this worksheet and I'm just going to give you some context around it. So pull it up. Here's how I'm explaining it. It doesn't have to be a video. Right. Um, That's a good point. And it's, a, it's fast for you. It's quick to have your, you know, your editor upload mm-hmm. um, and people can absorb it even if they're just driving or, mm-hmm. you know, going for a walk, they can listen to your course. So I'm, I'm not against video, but I love audio. (laughs) No, me too. And there is a podcast. It's what's it called? Lindsay Padilla created this, um, platform where it's like, um, it's a paywall for podcasts. Is it hello FM? Yes. Yes. It's a great software. Um, and you know, if you're a Kajabi user now you can do, um, a private paywall uh, podcast within your Kajabi course. So that's helpful. If you are a Kajabi user, there's, there's quite a few that listen to this. Um, but I mean, you can literally just have like, you know, upload an audio clip. You can even send it by email. Like it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. No, (laughs) um, yeah. And, uh, and people love absorbing some audio instruction. And then when you have them in that room and you have an hour and a half of their time, you can think about how can this become experiential, really implementation focused and help people actually get the stuff done since they've carved out that time. Right. Okay. I would be really curious with even trying, you know, uh, even if you took a couple of your calls where that made a lot of sense, I'd be curious how that felt overall and what, what feedback came from your students Draft. if you implemented a little bit of that? Well, it would, it would almost make sense for me now. Cause I have, we're past halfway through the program mm-hmm. is to go back to these sessions and like look at session one and then maybe do pre-recorded kind of intro overview and plop it into the portal now. Yeah. Cause then I just recreate that for the next sessions. Right. And you could just, yeah, take a look at each of the calls you've had, pull out what is more presentation focused that maybe doesn't need to be in the call right? that I can, you know, pull out as an audio explainer or a bit of instruction outside of it. Um, and then how could we actually use that hour even better to get people doing stuff? Because, oh man, like we're so saturated with information and knowledge our biggest problem and our biggest challenge, I'm, I'm even going to say broadly as a society is taking action. Mm-hmm. 
right? And, and building think, habits and taking and action. And the whole the action taking thing is huge too, especially with PRs, because you're really putting yourself out there is people are worried of actually succeeding because mm. that means they get attention. Mm. Um, but the other thing too, that I know is important with stuff like this, because I've been a student of many courses, one of which this past year I spent way too much money on mm. and was, they didn't pre-qualify me. They assumed my entrepreneur experience was based on the age of this business and not on the fact that I've been doing this for way too long. Okay. And I was like, half of the program is like, Hey, where's the stuff I don't know. Right. And mm. then I talk to them, they're like, Oh, we're so sorry. We didn't, we, they even said it, like you oh. didn't, we didn't qualify you. Oh, okay. Um, but what was really missing because there were so, there was so much, so much content for that program. There's like a link to a Google spreadsheet of all of these past recordings. And then mm. there was the Facebook group. And then there was the online portal to log into. Like there was uh, things were Way scattered too much. everywhere. Yeah. I was like a checklist that's like actually brings you through the steps. And I'm like, I started with that, with this program. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's where that went wrong. So then next, the next cohort that comes through sidelines to headlines, they'll see it. It's almost like it's your curriculum for the year. So you know what you're learning and how, yeah. why, why it connects the dots. Oh, and checklists are a really underutilized learning tool. Yeah. They're super important. <laughs> having a checklist of like, okay, I've done this, done this, done this. I'm actually, um, collaborating on a crypto for women course, um, with this guy in Austin. And one of the key things is a checklist because you need so many apps and you need all these things like just to like run your, you know, your little crypto world. I'm like, we need a checklist. (laughs) And that's the thing. I started with a checklist because I'm like, what are the steps I would take with a client Mm -hmm. to get them into Forbes? I'm like, you start here and then you go like this. And I was like, then I chunked it up into sessions. Um, And then I realized I just over-delivered on some sessions. And now I'm like coming to the last session. I'm like, what am I going to talk about for the last session? But there's always stuff. There's always stuff. And maybe it's a catch up. You know, do you remember in high school where you'd be right before exams, they'd have like a cat, a few catch up days and you'd like go through and see what assignments were missing or stuff you needed done. There's nothing wrong with having a catch up session. No. Right. No. Or it's like, it's okay. Like a summary. A, right. A summary or like fill in any gaps or like let's regroup or use this time to, you know, Good complete point. some like things the- that you've been waiting to do and have maybe, you know, because when somebody's feeling stuck in something. There's, there's usually only two reasons, either they need more information or they need to make a decision. Mm. So if anybody's feeling stuck, maybe you yeah. could get them to assess that. And then when they come, what's the thing? Okay. Is there a decision that needs to be made or do you need more information? Maybe there's yeah. a course resource that, you know, they can go back and reference, or maybe they just need help making a decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Have an un get yourself unstuck or have like a, um, you know, a catch up call. Yep. I like that. Or even asking like prior to the last session is what are your three big questions do you have for this program? Mm-hmm. Um, or what's your three big roadblocks? And then we can dive deep on that. Yeah. Like, or like what's where, feeling like, super uncomfortable. Yes. How to get unstuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually one of two yep. ways forward. Um, sometimes you need to wait, gather more information. Sometimes you just need to make a decision and move ahead. Um, there's something else that I think I want to 
talk to you about when it comes to taking action and doing hard things. And this is not necessarily related to your course, but I think it's an interesting bit. So tell us about 75 hard and what that has been doing for you. Is there anything that you've learned from this that you are going to take into your program or take into your future work? Everything. Tell me about it. Okay. So 75 hard is a mental toughness program. It's not a diet. It's not a get in shape. You just by default happen to get in shape. Um, it was created by this gentleman called Andy Priscilla, mm-hmm. who is really hardcore. And I think the story goes where he had this bet with a buddy where he was going to get his body fat percent down to 12% before some sort of event. And there was money on the line. It was a pretty big wager. And he had 75 days until from the time he agreed to that date. And he just arbitrarily came up with this program called 75 hard. So in 75 days consecutively, you have Mm -hmm. to accomplish a handful of things. You have to do two 45 minute workouts, one of which has to be outside regardless of weather conditions. Okay. (laughs) You have to drink a gallon of water. You have to read 10 pages of a book. You have to take progress pictures. You have to follow a diet, whatever diet you want, no cheat meals, no alcohol. Okay. Um, and I think that was it. And well, you know, if you look at it from a 30,000 foot view, it's, it tends to be easy. It's like, well, you can do this. The problem I'm experiencing mm-hmm. now that I'm on day 60. So I'm almost done the program. Yeah. The two hardest things have been drinking the water huh. because it's a gallon. And if you're not timing it, right, yeah. you show up at 7 PM and you have two liters to go and you're like, great, I'm going to be up all night. Um, and then the other one is scheduling time for the workout. So it's 45 minutes, but really it's an hour because there's prep time before and after. And so what for me, what became important was really when I, when I looked at my calendar, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, there's things I have to schedule into my calendar. It's the drinking the water. So my water jug Mm -hmm. right now on video, you can see this is a one gallon jug. There's actually time on it. Oh, that's handy. Follow that. Um, I do my outdoor morning hikes in the morning, every morning to get it out of the way. Yeah. Like just do it, get up, roll out of bed, put on your shoes, go. Yeah. Cause like then you can do a kettlebell in the evening or right. something, right? Or like you can, yeah. Or yoga or CrossFit, yeah. whatever works. Um, but the thing that I love so much in this is it's the discipline because mm-hmm. here's the thing. If you miss something, you have to start over again. Oh man. And the thought of starting over again, especially when you're already like a few weeks in a month in, is like devastating. And mm-hmm. so many people do it. The app for it, for it. The 75 hard app for me is something that, so it's, it's a very basic app. Essentially it's a checklist. Yeah. And after you've completed one of your tasks, you check it off. And if you've completed them all, then it takes you to a next page that says day 71 or 61 completed. Right. Oh, so so like, good. Good. Feels right. Good. It feels so good. Um, I want to actually create something like this mm-hmm. for business. Yeah. for your tasks. Like what are yep. the like one, two, three, yeah, four, like what are five, the seven. critical tasks that have to get done? Yes. And it's not like, oh, you have to start over if you failed. No. But if you look at our task, first of all, majority of our task list is a bunch of BS that shouldn't be on there to begin with. Uh-huh. Like these things. But if you think about like what are the really needle moving things you have to do every day, there's probably one or two of them. That's mm-hmm. it. Right? That is it. And it could be a smaller task of a of a bigger project. Yeah. Um, and we always default to doing easy things because we have this sense of accomplishment when mm-hmm. we get stuff done. Don't believe mm-hmm. it when you check something off. However, we still have this um 
this feelings of like anxiety and frustration because you know you really should be working on the bigger thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what I'm taking away from this is that it, it, to be successful in business, to be a successful entrepreneur, wife, mother, partner, whatever, is really about consistency. Mm-hmm. And I say consistency is your currency. You, and like, I know there's another woman out there that says persistency is your currency. Yes, mm. persistency is important. But in order for you to be successful, it's the consistency. And when this comes to PR, I have a 90-day yep. thing. If you do everything I say after the program is done and you really go at it for 90 days, because it's hard to do something for 90 days, people give up. That's mm-hmm. what I say. The last mile is never crowded because people aren't willing to go that last mile. Yeah. Um, the best salespeople make the sale on the eighth call. Everyone gives up on the seventh. Yeah. But in PR you're the last man standing in the last 30 days because you really put everything you had. And this is me at least pitching 10 people a week, every week for six or for 90 days is when you're going to see results. It's like getting fit. It's like losing weight. It's like sleep habits. It's like everything to do with business and life is it's almost, it's like the 90 days is like the ultimate test. It's the ultimate litmus test for, is this going to work? Well, and also we get so we get super distracted. We get onto a new shiny idea. We live for the planning and it's the implement, it's the implementation. And, and like you say, the consistency of like, do not stop because you haven't gotten there yet. Um, I love that. And I'm going to take that to heart because it's something that I can learn from. I think we all can, there's something in there for us all to learn. Um, so thank you because it was really interesting hearing about what you're doing. And hopefully some of these small tweaks can make actually like a really huge difference in your program. And I, and I want to hear about them. I I want to follow up, (laughs) see, see if any of these changes, um, you implement them or if you, you know, consider any of them. And I will definitely post that, um, document, which gives you the learning objectives language. It can be really helpful so that you have a chart just to pull the verbs from. I'll include that here, but I'll leave you with the last word, Renee. Is there anything that you want to, um, you know, leave the listeners with who are all entrepreneurs and course creators and learning designers? Is there anything you want to say? Everyone is worthy of media attention. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think in relation to what we talked about today and for the listeners is with regards to consistency is don't follow the shiny object. Like your first launch may have failed. Doesn't mean what you're launching sucks. It's mm-hmm. there's so many other factors to consider. And so I always say, try it two, three, four, five times. And like, cause like anything can be, anything can be um, achievable in terms of your goals. Your programs can be very successful. Um, cause people don't necessarily buy the best thing that's Mm -hmm. on the market. They buy the thing that they know can provide them the most value to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the Lincoln of cars, you know, where like a Honda works just as great because it solves the same problem of getting you point A to Z. Um, And so I just say, try it, try again. Like with pitching, Mm -hmm. it's like your first 20, 30, 40 pitches might not get any responses. I've Mm -hmm. pitched clients, 95 contacts, and we finally got a response. Right. It's just the consistency and showing up and doing it and tweaking and doing it and tweaking again and again until you've fine-tuned your machine. So I think of Marie Forleo has done the same thing 
for years now. And yeah. she's known for B-School and she's hardly wavered from that. Yes, yeah. she does other stuff now, but that's what she's known for. And she's mm-hmm. just making it better and better mm-hmm. and better. So that's what I'm leaving the listeners with. Yeah, really good advice. And I'm also wanting to let people know that small tweaks, you know, s- slight shifts, marginal improvements make huge impact over time in your course. You don't always have to, you know, scrap the thing and start again. Just make some incremental changes and keep at it. I love the one thing that I got from Business Mastery, Tony Robbins Business Mastery, is he was standing on stage in front of thousands of entrepreneurs, some billionaires in the room that run multi-billion dollar organizations and said, I can help you make your business 10% better today. And I'm like thinking, what does that mean in billions of dollars of revenue? 10%, that's a lot. That's a lot. Take 10 departments and improve them by 1%. That is so simple. And we don't think of that. Awesome. Love that. Well, thanks Renee for being here and for sharing all about your program and for being open to learning about what could make what you're doing even, even a little bit better. So thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Please share, leave a review on Apple podcasts and better yet connect on social media. It can feel really isolating talking into this mic. It's tough for an extrovert like me. So please send me a message and let me know what you think of the show. I welcome feedback and ideas because I too am always learning from you. Thank you.